You are listening to the Taking the Leap podcast with me, your host, Rachel G. Scott. This podcast is dedicated to inspiring you to take bold leaps of faith as we hear the powerful stories of both men and women from different industries and walks of life who obey God and took risks in exchange for heaven's rewards. As you listen, my hope is that their stories will give you the confidence you need to trust God as he leads you to your next leap. Now, let's learn a little about our next guest. Today, Rachel's speaking with Brian Johnson, a husband, father, musician, and a previous contestant on The Voice. And he is now a worship leader at his local church, performing weekly and writing songs alongside his team. Brian shares with us one of his The Voice audition experiences, where Anthony Evans, famous Christian singer, gave him advice that would change the way he viewed and approached his craft. He also shares with us how he dealt with the no's that came with auditioning, what it was like cultivating friendships in a competitive environment, and how his relationships gave him the courage to take leaps. If you're in the midst of chasing your God-given dream, this episode is for you. Now, let's jump in. Welcome, Brian. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be here. I am excited to interview you because I have questions about the amazing leap that you've made. But before we get started, I would love for you to tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name is Brian Johnson. I am a husband and a father. My wife is Kelly. We've been dating since we were 15. I love that we've been dating. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We uh, are celebrating 10 year anniversary in June. So that's exciting. And then um, wedding anniversary. Yeah. And then uh, my kids, Ryland, it, he's five. He just started school. Uh, which is tra- tragic, but also like super exciting. Yes. And then uh, Elliot is three and a half. Oh, that's so awesome. Now my husband and I are going on two years too. So we're about to be in the double digits. Yes. Yeah, that's exciting. Congrats. <laughs> Congratulations to you too. Yeah. That's so exciting. Now, okay, so there's so many questions that I want to ask, but uh, let's start with just your, you were on The Voice. Mm -hmm. Give us a little bit of rundown of how that all happened. Yeah, so I have been watching shows like American Idol since I was literally 13. And like, I have, I, I tell this to everyone that I talk about the experience with, but like, when I was 13, I have vivid memories of me watching Carrie Underwood in my basement at home and watching her win and then go going up to take like a shower and pretending that like I was singing and I was singing in the shower and I was like pretending to be Carrie Underwood. Yes. Like, that, that was that was my dream. And so I auditioned for The Voice four times the first time being in college and just like every year past that. And for one reason or another, it just didn't work out until uh, the last time, uh, the fourth time I had pretty much like given up and I was like, this isn't for me I'm not what they're looking for. And then they contacted me and said, we're going to be in Cleveland. And I was like, well, I guess that's not as far as Philadelphia, (laughs) which is where I had auditioned before. Um, so I did it and it worked. It was really- Wow. Now, let me ask you this question since you're in Cleveland with me. I don't remember when this was, but do you remember when American Idol came to Cleveland? I remember like way, way, way back. When. Yeah, it was a long time ago. We and I went, right? Because yeah. I was like, I'm going to audition for American Idol. Yeah. And I sit out there for what felt like forever in a century. Uh-huh. And I never even got into the stadium because by that time I was like, I'm not this committed. I'm not. 
So no. first of all, I need to applaud your commitment to go four <laughs> times because I did you have to stand in like a super long, ridiculous line? So they called that the cattle call. <laughs> and, okay, well, I was part of that. <laughs> yeah, and I did that twice. I did that once in Nashville and then once in Chicago. And then they had contacted me about doing a, a, a callback. So I got to skip over that part uh, when I went to Philadelphia. And then I got to skip over that part in Cleveland. Okay. I got well, that the last two times. I don't know if I could have done it for <laughs> Listen, that that was no joke. I mean, I stood out there all day, no water, no sleep, no food, because you didn't want to miss your line. I think they were weeding out the people. Like, if you can make it through the heat, people end up, like, sleeping at the stadium. It was some serious stuff. You wonder why people are like so crazy in there. Like, <laughs> that's, well, that's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> outside for two days. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, so you came and they auditioned you. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about the audition. How how did that go? How did it feel for you? Yeah. So this was actually one of the coolest parts of my voice journey was the audition process. So I did the callback in Cleveland. It was at the Agora. And I walked into the room. When I walked in, there was a guy and a girl. And the guy was a guy named Tony Evans, who is a very popular like gospel singer. His dad is Tony. Oh, Anthony. Yes. Yes. Evans. Yes. So Tony Evans, his dad, is a huge preacher. And Anthony Evans was on the voice back in like season two, but I've I'd been listening to him since I was like 12, 13. He's got some vocals. (laughs) <laughs> yes. And the other person with them was Michelle McNulty of McNulty Casting. So like she is the person in charge. And I sang my songs. You know, first of all, I was like, you know, taken back because I was like, you are Anthony Evans. <laughs> and uh, everyone was giving him a hard time for that because like no one had known who he was except for me. So <laughs> whatever. But I sang my songs and Michelle stopped me and she said, Brian, we've seen you before. And I was like, yeah, three other times. <laughs> and she said, you sang one of those uh, songs. You sang a few of those songs uh, in your previous auditions, didn't you? And I, I said, yeah. She said, did it work for you then? I was like, uh, no. <laughs> and she said, why did you think it would work this time? And uh, it was it was kind of like a reality check for me. And then immediately I was like, well, okay, uh, back to the drawing board because it's not going to happen this year either. But Anthony stopped her and he was like, you're a church singer, aren't you? And I said, yeah. And he said, I can tell because you're holding back. And he said, when you sing in church, it's like you are not trying to bring attention to yourself. It's about bringing glory to God. And I said, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And he said, one of the best pieces of advice that he ever received from Christine Aguilera, who's his coach on The Voice, He said, the best thing she ever said to me was that you bring the most glory to God when you're using your gift at your full potential. And I was like, that, that kind of put things back into perspective for me. And he said, if we see you again uh, in like future callbacks or future auditions, he's like, I, I want you to come with that mindset of using your gift to the best of your ability. And I think I owe a lot to him because I'm pretty sure he was like, give him another shot, bring him to the next audition or the next callback. And I brought that to the next callback and I I picked songs that fit me and my voice and like where I saw myself as a musician. So I think I owe a lot to Anthony Evans. Yes. Oh my goodness. I, first of all, that's powerful. That can be applied to just so many areas, Yeah. so many areas of life, but definitely singing because we, we are accustomed to 
the holding back because we want God to get the glory. But I never thought about it that way. That's so powerful. Yeah. Wow. That's like one of those mic drop moments. Like, (laughs) I love it. So tell me once you, so that was the third audition. Then you went for the fourth audition, right? And, or was that the fourth audition? That was the fourth one. So that was the one that actually stuck and they invited me. The audition process for those type of shows is it's crazy long. It literally took like four months. Um, but they brought me to LA and um, at that point I didn't have to pay for a thing. So it was like going on vacation. I'm like, if I make it awesome, if not, I just got a week free in Los Angeles. It's I'm, I'm good. Right. Um, but I kept moving forward and I kept, you know, pushing through all those auditions and eventually got to, uh, I made it to the blind audition stage. And when I finally got to do my blind audition, I had Blake Shelton and Adam Levine turn around and I'm not a country singer. I don't sing country, but for some reason he worked his charm and I went with Blake Shelton. Um, and it's kind of history from there, but yeah. Wow. Wow. So tell me, I want to go back a little bit to you going to this audition four different times. And that's four times where you were taking a risk. You were taking a risk of being rejected. You were taking a risk of them saying, you know, no. How, how did you handle the no's? Yeah. I mean, the first time I went was when I was like 19. Uh, so I was very young. And, you know, like I mentioned, this was it was literally a dream of mine to go after a show like this or to be on stage like that. So I was, I was pretty devastated when I didn't even make like the first round of callbacks, you start questioning your ability and you start questioning your calling, but there was just something in me that kept thinking, you know, if this is something that I really want and it was, and it was something that I believe that I could do uh, singing has always been something that like I, I've wanted to do in a full-time capacity or just, I just wanted to be on stage and I wanted to share that gift. And, you know, after you get rejection after rejection after rejection, it's like, did I hear something wrong? Am I, am I, am I doing something wrong? But, you know, it's, it's funny how, how God works because if they had said, you know, when that fourth time that they contacted me, if they had said, Oh, we've got another audition in Chicago or, Detroit or something like that. I was like, "Mm, maybe not. It hasn't worked three other times, but they came to my backyard right (laughs) right here in Cleveland. And for some reason I was like, well, let's give it another shot. And and it worked. So. Wow. That's just, that speaks so much to, to the faithfulness of God in that moment, because he placed that gift in you. And even what Anthony Evans shared was speaking to that moment, like, he placed his gift in you for you to to share with yeah. other people and allow his glory to be revealed through you. But you persevere through that. It That's difficult. I mean, mm-hmm. at 19 or 30 or 60, when people are telling you no to something that you feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, you really do take that moment and say, am I doing something wrong? Did I miss you? Did I hear right? So that was such a moment of confirmation for you when they came right there. And then they contacted you. Like, yeah for them to contact you and they're right in Cleveland, that, that was huge. So I want to ask you during that whole process, I want to say from the, the point of you, you're starting to be on TV. How does that, that all work from the point of, okay, now you're actually one of the participants. What does Mm -hmm. that look like? How does that work? Yeah. So um, during the blind audition process, you know, they've got 
you know, if you watch the show, you see like, you know, maybe five to 10 minute of them, like, you know, walking back and forth and they're rubbing their hands and, or they're interviewing you and you tell your backstory and all that kind of stuff. That whole process took about a month because they had, you know, a hundred other people that they had to get the same footage on. And so I was out in LA for a month, a month and a half filming for that process. And this was before kids or anything like that. So like, it was, it was beautiful and sunny, like 90 degrees in Los Angeles. And I'm just chilling by the side of a pool. And it was, it was a long grueling process, but you know, the pool made it nice. Right. (laughs) But while I was there, I like, one of the best parts of the whole process was meeting all these other people. It's like you go to summer camp and you meet all these other people with similar interests and, and similar stories or, you know, way different stories, whatever it might be. Uh, But you start building those relationships and they encourage you and you encourage them. And so that was the first part of the process. After it, I'd actually made a team. I flew home for a little bit. And for a, a couple months, I was flying back and forth from Cleveland to Los Angeles. Eventually, I hit the live shows. I was there for about a month of the live shows. And then eventually, during the top 12, I got voted off and came back to Cleveland and started hustling for doing gigs and shows or whoever contacted me. So that's yes. when the work started. Oh, wow. Now I want to ask you a question because you mm-hmm. said you started cultivating friendships there. These mm-hmm. were still people that you were competing against, right? Mm-hmm. So how did you balance the friendship versus the competitive part of it where it's like, I still want to win? Yeah. I think that part hit the most during my, so like on the show, the first round is the battle rounds. The second round is the, battle rounds i'm sorry the first round is the blind auditions second round is the battle rounds and during that stage i got partnered up against a good friend of mine named joshua davis who you know he he was an older guy he had two kids at the time and we were roommates as well uh, because they pair everyone up and everyone stays with a roommate and you know there's there's part of me that was like well i have to eventually beat this guy but also he's a good friend of mine and we're roommates right And so we kind of just had like a a come to Jesus moment where we were like, our goal is for both of us to stay here because they do have an option for another coach to steal you. And we just committed to doing the best that we possibly could with the song that we were given. And how do we work together? You know, how do we showcase his talent to the best of his ability and mine? How do we navigate that with the goal of both of us staying? The goal was never necessarily to win or to lose but for both of us to stay how do how do we bring out the best in each other and it worked he and i ended up winning the battle round but immediately he got stolen uh by adam levine and uh he ended up making it to the top four of my season which is incredible i'm so so happy and proud of him but yes yeah. And I love that because you didn't necessarily make it about the competition. You made it about bringing out the best of each other because yeah. after the lights, camera action is gone, you still have your character. You still have that relationship. You still have, you know, the, the integrity of who you are and you were mindful of that, but I could see how that would, could, could be an odd situation, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, okay, at some point. So can you tell me what it's like on the stage? We see it from the TV angle, but what is it like actually standing up there the moment when you won around versus the moment when you found out you didn't? What, what was that like for you? Yeah. I mean, 
first of all, it's so bizarre because, you know, the people who you're looking at, my, my season, it was Adam, Christina, Pharrell, and Blake. And you're standing up on stage. And my first thought was the first CD that I ever like saved money for. And like, I, I walked myself up to Best Buy and I, I paid money for Songs About Jane by Maroon 5. That was my first CD ever. And like, I'm standing on stage and Adam Levine turns around and I'm staring at him like, this is just, it was just so bizarre, right. You know? And like, you grow up listening to Christina Aguilera or like yeah. I grew up listening to Justin Timberlake who Pharrell produced his whole first album, that kind of stuff. And it was just like a surreal moment of like, this is happening and this is real. And I want to take this all in, but it just feels like an out of body experience. And yeah. so I had to learn how to like, be in the moment and take it all in before it like all vanished if that makes sense right yeah um but it was fun i i absolutely loved it and it was nerve-wracking and exciting and you know with being a television program you know there are 15 people like on the sidelines like finishing your makeup and at the time i had hair so they were like messing (laughs) with my hair too and making sure my outfit looked good and you're just like i just need a moment (laughs) like let me just soak this in so was uh, it an all day thing or was it, it was like from early to late at night? Oh yeah. So like my blind audition process, we, <laughs> we got up at 6am or we, we had to get there at 6am. So like at the studio, oh, wow. doing our hair, doing our makeup, putting on outfits, all that kind of stuff at 6am. And at 3pm, they were like, okay, well, they're done for the day. We'll bring you back tomorrow. And I'm just sitting in a, in a folding chair in the side of the, you know, studio. And we're like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I just like mentally psyched myself up for, you know, however many hours and we just got to do it again tomorrow. Right. (laughs) Uh, And the same thing the next day, it was like 5am wake up and, you know, by six o'clock, you're like getting in your wardrobe. So it was like a mind, like grueling experience, but it was fun too. Like, Oh, I love that. It wasn't fun. They're lying. Right. (laughs) Now, would you call yourself a natural like risk take taker, a natural leaper? You feel like that comes naturally where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to try this. I'm going to try that. And is that what really prompted you to, cause that's huge. Some people can't even do a talent show and you went on like an entire show that is aired. So what do you think within you gave you that ability to do that? I don't know if I'm a natural risk taker or if my wife just knows how to encourage me enough for me to do it. Because if it wasn't for her and if it wasn't for, you know, the, the people in my life that had been, you know, doing life with me at the time, if it wasn't for them, I don't know if I could have done it because I always second guess myself and I always question, you know, is this the right choice? Am I making the right decision? And even after I make the decision, I'm like, oh, did I just make a terrible mistake? <laughs> but it, at some point along the line, there's there's got to be a point where you if you if you don't take that chance, if you don't take that leap you just question if you're going to regret it, you know? Mm -hmm. And for me watching shows like this, since I was 13, I was like, I have to take this chance. If I don't, I'm going to regret it. Mm, That's so good. That is such a, that's such a good point. That's exactly what it is. We take this leap because we, we don't know and we don't want to live in this place of regret or should have, could have, would have, or anything like that. For someone out there who is wanting to do something similar or who's just wondering, like, 
is this the the path for me? Do I should I take this leap? What is uh, some words of encouragement that you would give them, or something that you held on to or carried with you? Yeah, the biggest thing I always tell everyone is if it's something that you really want to do, if you believe in yourself and you believe this is this is something I want to do, keep trying. Because I auditioned four times, and the fourth time I happened to make it to the top twelve. And and even if it's not singing or trying out for a show. There are so many opportunities to learn in failure. It doesn't even have to be a failure, but like for me, it was, I I consider those the times that I didn't make the show a failure, but I learned so much every single time. And even by the fourth time, I was still learning. Like I I need to hone in on who I am as an artist or who I am as, as a person or a believer. If you truly believe that that's where you're supposed to be, you can learn anything even in failure. And so keep trying. That's, that's the biggest thing that I, I tell people, especially I, I have a lot of people that will uh, say, you know, my, my niece is going to audition or, uh, you know, my, my daughter is thinking about auditioning. And I'm like, even if you don't make it on the first try, keep trying because you never know four times down the road if it's actually going to stick. Right. You know? So would you consider, and this is an important, an important question, I think, would you consider not making it to the end of failure or would you consider it? you know, that's where you were meant to, to stop. Like what emotions and what would you consider that moment for you? In the moment, I, I was just happy to be there. I was, I was disappointed that I couldn't go a little bit further. I wanted to keep going, to keep singing and keep growing my, you know, my base of support. But when I look back on it, I, I realized like even, even just trying should have been a success for me the amount of people that actually make it onto those shows or make it after those shows, like in real life, it's so small that just trying or just making it in general is, is a big win. And absolutely. Yeah. And I, I consider it a win, even if I was discouraged in the moment. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it would be natural to be discouraged because even as you were saying that, I'm like, Look, I didn't make it even to the Brown Stadium to sleep overnight again to even try to make it into the audition. So you made it way further than I was even going to ever make it. (laughs) And I certainly didn't show up again. But yeah, I mean, seriously, I think that that was that's a total win when you can persevere through all of that. And you made it like on the show and all of that. And I love that you can be transparent and say it was discouraging. It was a little disappointing, you know, because you did want to make it to the to the end. But to make it that far speaks so much, so many values, even in itself. So tell me uh, along the way, what is either a funny moment or a miraculous moment that you encountered while you were going through this, this leap that you took? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily funny, uh, but I look back now and I I laugh. So I mentioned me showing up or waking up at like 5am and showing showing up at six to do my, you know, hair, which is funny in itself and and makeup and everything. And we sat there until like three or four o'clock in the afternoon and nothing had happened. And we found out later that one of the coaches, which was Pharrell, he got sick as they were doing the auditions and they had to stop production of the whole thing and send everybody home or send everybody back to their hotels and get everybody back in the same thing. And I was lucky. And I was one of the like six auditions that he got through the next day, but there were 40 people that they had to send home because Pharrell got sick and they had to, they, they filmed two seasons at a time 
And so they were filming the previous season's live shows. So they had to tear down the entire production set, spend millions of dollars sending everyone home, rebuilding the set and everything to come back out like a month later after they had finished the live shows. So I I feel like it's, it's ironic or it's funny or whatever, but like I was lucky enough to get in those like six auditions that Pharrell got to make it through. Yes. And I didn't have to wait another month (laughs) of like waiting and anticipation to see, like just to sing my song. Right. Right. Yeah. That's that's a, that was huge because you know, when you're anticipating something and you're waiting, the days are so long. I mean, 24 hours. Yeah. See, (laughs) that would have been a lot. Oh, well, I love this. And I love just the encouraging words that you shared. And so tell us, what does it look like for you now? What are you up to now? What are you doing? Are you still doing a lot of singing, things like that? So it's it's funny because something I also tell a lot of people is that people will ask me, you know, are you still doing singing? Are you still doing this? And you have to redefine success constantly because you know, when you go on a show like that, or if you do something like that, your first thought is like, I want to be the next Kelly Clarkson or the next American Idol winner, whatever it is. And for me, that just wasn't in the cards. And, you know, as soon as I got home, I had spent about a year pursuing music and chasing after gig after gig. And I would take anything like I did a, I did a show for, there was a community of homes, like a development and they asked me to come sing a few songs. And I was like singing on a little mini stage in a new development down in Columbus. And it was like, you know, I'm just doing whatever I can. <laughs> and I just had to keep redefining what success really meant to me. And right now I am leading worship at a church that I love. I get to sing every single week. I get to write music with some of those people as well. And I may not be, you know, on the world's biggest stage right now, but to me, I think this is what God has for my life in this season. And I consider that a success. So I love that. We have to redefine success. Yes, I love that. And in what you're doing right now has so much value to it because you're being a husband, you're being, you know, a father, and you are leading in the church. And that's all of those things says success, success, success. <laughs> I love it. Well, Brian, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing with us. Can you tell my listeners where they can find you? Yeah, I am B.W. Johnson Music on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those things. So Awesome. And I did see that you are singing and I got to listen to some of your clips. It is You have such an amazing voice. It is definitely a gift. Okay, so this is just one more question. Do you see yourself coming out with an album or doing anything like that anytime soon? Or are you just, you know, completely content where you're at? No. So, I mean, oddly enough, right before COVID, I had a plan of, you know, doing a Kickstarter and recording my own music and everything like that. And COVID puts pause on everything. Everything. (laughs) But um, through that process, uh, you know, before COVID, I wasn't a part of like a church. I was uh, kind of in limbo. And through COVID, I got started leading at Fellowship City Church out in Chagrin Falls. And uh, through them, we are writing and recording. And so it's it's in the works. I'm not sure when, um, but it's, it's super exciting. And, you know, I'm excited about doing that. So that's going to be awesome. So we will be on the lookout for whatever music that you are coming out with, because I know it's going to be amazing. 
Listen, I am so thankful and um, honored to have you on the show and truly appreciate you. And listeners, make sure you connect with Brian. He's awesome. You will enjoy listening to him, but also you just heard so much of his heart. So allow him to continue to pour into you and to encourage you. Thank you so much, Brian, for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. I hope you enjoy what you heard and you're even more encouraged to trust God with your next week. Before you go, I want to invite you to visit thefiveleaps.com to learn more about upcoming guests, get helpful resources to help you prepare to take your next leap and join the Taking the Leap membership community. And don't forget to text podcast to 216-279-7174 for weekly reminders and more personalized leap support. Enjoy the rest of your day. And remember, God can do more with our willingness than he could ever do with our worthiness.